This is Raga Matrix America. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone, and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hope you had a great winter solstice. Happy Hanukkah, which was early this year, so that was, I think we already wish you a happy Hanukkah back around Thanksgiving time. Uh, we uh, took a little bit of a winter break, but we're back. We've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to get right into it with Bruce and Pat. This is Alex Gall from RugbyMag.com, welcoming you to Rugby Matrix America, and we'll be right back. Hey fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. So we are here on, I think, the last show of 2013 with Bruce and Pat. And guys, we, we, we have a lot to cover uh, over the next few shows leading into the the meat of sort of the, the winter spring season. And we wanted to look back a little bit and try to figure out what's going on. Uh, if we could ever figure out what's going on in American rugby. Uh, one of the things we've been meaning to talk about, and I guess that's the, the thing we always talk about. We've been meaning to talk about the situation in college rugby, specifically the dismantling of the seasons and spreading and splintering them into a various different kinds of divisions, things like that. Um, it's been kind of confusing, hasn't it? To say the least. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, so can we run it down? I mean, real fast, can we run down exactly what happened? It used to be that we had division one. This is on the men's side. We had division one rugby. We had every team that was really serious and was either from a big, big school or was from a small school and they were good, were going to play in Division One rugby. They played in a in a regional league of some kind that didn't have any, and the, one of the big uh, criticisms of it was there very rarely was there a, a, a conference identity that people could understand, like the Big Ten, something like that. Uh, they just played in their regional thing, funneled themselves into a national tournament, which was... Uh, a two-game weekend, round of 16 and quarterfinal, and then a two-game weekend, uh, semifinals and final, culminating in one champion. Then we came up with the college premier division. And so that was two divisions, kind of. Uh, then we came up, we changed that to D1A. So there's D1A and D1AA. Uh, and then we have Varsity Cup, which is a private group of schools that want to do it a little bit differently uh but it has it's high profile because cal and byu are in it and then we've got a new national d1 championship held in the fall so now we have four is that right i think you covered it all right sounds like boxing in the 70s exactly yeah right the wba and the wbc and uh um Maybe they're the same in the same situation, Bruce. That they're like they'll they'll refuse to play each other, right? They'll refuse to to meet the challenger. Um, what I mean, what do we think about this? Is this a mess, or is this just a natural progression to what um, what you know, whatever people want to do? Because if you're in the Midwest and you don't want to play in the spring, fine, you've got your own group to play in. And if you want to be Varsity Cup. And talk about the uh, a combination of the brands of the schools and have your final in early May. Fine, or is it a mess? 
I think it's potentially a mess. Um, it, it's worked out in the fall for the ACRC teams. Um, you know, they, there was a little bit of a, a, a botching there with the Big Ten. You know, their, their winner were supposed to go play in the American Collegiate Rugby Championship quarterfinals. Um, ended up opting out, and they didn't even participate in uh, any of the bowl games, which are the consolation games between runner-ups and, and whatnot from those conferences that were participating in the ACRC. But outside of the Big Ten's um, decision to really not participate, I, I, I think everybody you talk to in the ACRC would be generally happy. I mean, obviously, maybe not obviously, American International College was a little displeased that there was an open spot left for Bowling Green. Um, Bowling Green ended up getting a buy in the quarters because the Big Ten, both their champion and their runner-up, decided they didn't want to participate. And instead of trying to give that spot to somebody else, which AIC would have liked, they um, they got a buy. So outside of what happened with the Big Ten, which is a little bit of a black mark, and then AIC's displeasure with the the, the fact that they didn't get in um, to the postseason, I, I think everybody else was generally happy. Some of the games were rather competitive. You know, Clemson gave Penn State a really good game. Middlebury gave Penn State, a really good game. You know, Bowling Green was leading Kutztown at halftime um, and ended up, you know, losing the game, but gave them a good run for their money. The championship final between KU and Penn State was was entertaining and uh, obviously two good teams. So um, I, I would say those guys would say it's not a mess. But when I look at what UCF, the defending Division One AA champion, might have on its plate in the spring, um, I say, yeah, it probably could be a mess. You, you expect the Knights to won the Florida Collegiate Cup again this this fall against some teams that are not that great a competition, if we're being honest. Um, you'd expect them to come through the, the South Independent Conference again, but who will they get to play? Um, who are the teams that they're going to get to compete against? There's, there's still a number of conferences who haven't declared that, at least not publicly, that they're not going to participate in the Division One AA playoffs, but I think it's safe to say that most of those um, five conferences, if not all of them, that participate in the ACRC aren't going to send a member to the Division One AA playoffs in 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 the spring. So you're looking at UCF now having to travel west of the Mississippi, most likely for its playoff, um, for its playoffs, uh, and that's speculation, but I think it's fair speculation. And you're also looking at them maybe not getting to play against some of the teams that uh, they would like to play against. So for a team that has some pretty good players on it, that is a good program that um, that should be able to play against high level rugby they may not get any high-level rugby. So I think that's definitely uh, – they they might consider it a mess. Bruce, let me ask you a question about this. Um, when you think of college rugby, do you think of developing elite players and, and developing elite programs to win a championship? Or should we also be thinking about rugby in terms of – a recreational, a serious recreational endeavor for college students. Uh, is it, do, should we be happy with uh, a league, say in Western New York, uh, that, that has a bunch of pretty decent teams playing pretty decent rugby, but not really going any further than that? Um, or should we be pushing everybody to play at the highest level possible? It's difficult to push everybody to play at the highest level possible because even if you raise the level of everybody, say that a St. Bonaventure's came as good as Cal today, Cal would be, you know, as good as Bath or, you know what I mean? It, it would be, you're still raising the bar. The bar is going across the, uh, 
is going higher all the way up the food chain. So I think that the, the best thing you can do is to try to make it matter. And, and, and I think that when it matters and, and it's special and there's something in it, people will work hard and commit to it because 90% of success really comes down to commitment and showing up and doing the hard work necessary to be, to be excellent. So I, I look at it as, I think it's kind of a mess. I think that I would rather that if you look at the team, like the Eagles team, there's 15 spots and, you know, Wiles didn't go to school here. Hume didn't go to school here. Suniula didn't go to school here. Falau didn't go to college. Toby didn't go to school here. Siddle didn't go to school here. Petrie did, but Shaw didn't. Uh, you know, and Davies did. You know, you look at uh, Samu didn't go to school here. Scott Lavallo was on the under 19, didn't really go to school here. He went to Trinity. Uh, Clever went to school briefly. Um, but he wouldn't consider himself like a serious collegiate player in, in any way, shape, or form. He more went down to New Zealand. And, and as you keep going through that team, you're not looking at something coming out of colleges. It's coming out of somewhere else. So I think that it's important for guys to try to be as good as they can be. But I also think that part of it is to try to build the game of rugby in college to be something meaningful to their universities so that we can increase the size of the youth game and people see that as a vehicle to go to college or something that they can do in college that's worthwhile for their kids. That's more what I see as opposed to trying to churn out eagles. I think that if your goal was churning out eagles, you got the wrong goal. We're going to break for uh, a commercial. I have something to say about this, then we'll go to Pat. We'll be right back on Rugby Matrix America. Rugby fans, don't forget that the USA 7s International Rugby Tournament is not that far off. The USA 7s will bring 16 of the best international teams to Las Vegas on January 24th to 26th. Yeah, it's two weeks earlier this time, and don't forget, there's also the Las Vegas Invitational. You're a rugby fan, and you're also a rugby player, and the LVI has competitive opportunities for 7s, 15s, young, old, and in between. High level, or just here for the fun. It's all in Las Vegas. Everybody's here for the fun in Las Vegas. Go to USA7s.com for more. All right, we're back on Rugger Matrix America. We're talking about the splintering of college rugby, but also what's the purpose of it. Uh, I, I asked Bruce about that because, you know, we're, 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 it, college rugby is not a nursery school for eagles. College rugby exists because college, uh, rugby is really, really fun to play. And it gives an opportunity for athletes to play a really fun game. And as they play it, they start to say, you know, I think we're pretty good or I think I'm pretty good. Well, why don't we play somebody better to see to see how good we are? And that's why you end up playing games, of course. That's why you end up keeping a score. But you end up looking. That's why these teams want some kind of playoff. My issue with the way things are splintered out now and that that if you are a Division One college team in America, you could conceivably pick and choose from four different national championships in 15s alone, and in fact, six if you include uh, sevens. Is, seven if you include sevens. 
Seven. Did you the ACRC follows through with their their tournament this spring. Good point. Seven. Seven. If you include seven. Seven national championships. Is that we all know this whole thing where where we can basically. Uh, blag our way through uh, local marketing and we can talk to the local newspaper. We can talk to everybody on campus and say, Hey, you know, we're number eight in the nation. And it turns out really what happened was you went to some kind of playoff for one of those divisions. You finished last out of eight, you're number eight in the nation. Nobody knows anything more than that. I mean, I, you know, you go to, you hear about colleges talking about our school has one of the best uh, rugby teams in the region. He goes, well, what does that mean? I, it, it depends on what division you're in. It depends on who you played. All of those things. But if we if we crown seven college national champions or seven, you know, who can call themselves national champions some way or other, as Bruce, you said, WBC, WBA, all those different boxing uh governing bodies or sanctioning bodies back in the 70s and 80s, which made everything confused and everything stupid. We're not even doing what we wanted to do with the players, which is you go play. And if you think you're good, you go play these people. And if you and you beat them, you keep moving your way up and you can say, we're the best. And it doesn't happen. So I just think that the idea of a national championship, if that's failing, why do we have it in uh, at all? Why don't we just call it? Why don't we just call them conferences? Why don't we go to the, the way football was for a while, which was the only national championship was really a poll at the end of the year. Okay, so, so now it seems like rugby mag. You know, I'm bidding for rugby magazine to uh, to dub the national championship. Maybe I am. I don't know. But uh, it, it used to be it was about winning your conference. And that got taken away in college football. I don't know if college football is the better for it. Uh, and I certainly don't think that college rugby is the better for uh, being able to just sort of fudge what a national champion is and to have two or three or four or seven or 14 or 20 teams be able to say, hey, we're one of the best in the country when you're not. Well, I, I think there's a couple, couple things to address in what you said here is one is I'll just rebut what Bruce said a little bit. Um, recently, I ran a column and, and uh, of anybody that is currently contracted or was contracted as of a couple of weeks ago through the fall at the, at the OTC or working full-time at the OTC and the November test, right? Taking those two pools of sevens and 15 Deagles, 24 of them played college rugby in the United States. 23, if you want to take out Todd Clever, uh, then it's 23. And that's from 16 different schools. A lot of those schools had multiple players. So I think it's silly to say that uh, the, the college game is not producing high-level athletes or guys that are going on to become Eagles. Not that that's their purpose, but I also think it's silly to pin down one purpose for college rugby. Um, you know, I coach high school rugby, as an example. Do I coach high school rugby just to get kids scholarships? And do I coach high school rugby just so I can someday hope to say I have an Eagle? No. I The kid that comes out that's six foot five and has the potential to play um, for a scholarship someday – that's awesome. I'm really happy to help facilitate that, and I and I take a lot of pride in it. The kid that comes out that couldn't barely make the the ultimate frisbee team in college, and just wants to have a good time and meet new friends, I'm fine with that kid too. So I I think we're all doing it to grow the sport in myriad different ways. So to try to tie down one reason or one purpose for college rugby is silly. It, it, this national championship thing, what I think is sad from a from a, a person who pays attention to the competition standpoint. It's not necessarily, 
it's really sad at the higher level when we've got Cal's and BYU's not playing Arkansas State's, not playing Life's, not playing, you know, uh, all these other teams that are up and coming that are trying to knock them off. And you could get into the reasons as to why that's all happening, but and I, I think it, I think that's the sad thing. I, I think that's if we take away, it's great that a lot of these schools are taking their own, um, uh, t- taking the bull by the horns uh, on their own per se. But in some ways, uh, it seems some of that is happening, so they don't have to play some of these other teams that are up and coming. Uh, in terms of your your college conference um, scenario, I think it's pretty simple as to why that's not. Because Central Washington could play in their conference and make it all about their conference and beat everybody by 100, all right? Or Western Washington's now coming up. They'll have one or two tough games a year. Okay. So really well, all right. For, for, let, me, let me just interrupt. First of all, you're ab- absolutely right about, um, you know, your, your purposes for rugby. And even, even at some place like Cal or BYU, the purposes are, are different depending on, on the player. And, and I think that, um, you know, we can develop elite players as fine. That all makes sense, but um, uh, the point about the conference isn't is you got to take away the existence, the existing conferences. That's why I would I, I would I would suggest if you say that is forget about forget about Central Washington playing in the Northwest because that's totally pointless to them unless they decide to to completely change their mission. Central Washington could turn around and say no, what we want to play in is the Varsity Cup. And said great, the Varsity Cup. Is that competition over there? It's a conference, whatever you want to call it. They can call it whatever they want. Let's just not worry about it. They want to play that. They can go play that. Well, I don't think they are worrying about it, right? So no, exactly. They're, that's what they're they're just sort of hanging out and saying, yeah, we're we're comfortable. Generally, a lot of them are saying we're comfortable doing this the way we are. I, I think you took what I said the wrong way, Pat. But that I but I get what you're saying. The, the biggest thing and most important thing that Pat said there and, and what becomes slightly disappointing to fans like us is that the top teams aren't getting to play each other or really don't have a way to meet. And, and what I was going to say earlier was that was one of the things that the college premier division or D1A had right. And I think that kind of got a little bit politicized and, and, and poly meaning many and ticks meaning blood sucking creatures. Um, that always, that always causes big problems. And, and that's why it, it fell apart and it really had an op. It had the wherewithal to do really well. If it was, you know, teams like army, Navy, Penn state, Cal, BYU, life, Arkansas state, you know, though it's pretty viable. And it's pretty good. You go once you, go you start back. throwing teams in that aren't as committed as those guys, then you get the blowouts. Then you get the problems because nobody wants to travel and spend fifteen thousand dollars to win by third or win by thirty. And in those cases, many times eighty or ninety, and nobody wants to spend fifteen thousand dollars to lose by eighty or ninety. And Somewhere and, on the line, and Bruce, they're trying and Bruce to find you him. and I and Pat all called this when the CPD started. Completely called it because of that. I, I do think that that would that's the main point of the sh- of the show, really. You know, we could talk about yes, making Eagles or if you if you you know make the Eagle pool bigger. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in Eagle pool that are college guys, but really the top guys on the team are not. 
And and that's true. The number one guys are not American college players. Scully. But he's you know, he still has to do a bit more as a senior men's fifteens player. But that's it. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I don't want to. I'm not going to. You know what I'm saying? Don't I, wanna... I, I, I don't want to go back and forth. Yes, I just. But I'm just saying that we we need college rugby is there to help the college. That you know, and hopefully it helps the player. But but you, your other point about not seeing the life in Arkansas State, Cal, Navy, BYU, you know, Penn State. Uh, that's a pro- that's a problem. Or at least from well, it, it's it, it's a huge problem, and, and I, I remember back I was at the um, the college final, must have been two thousand nine. It was when BYU beat Cal at Stanford, and, and I asked uh, Nigel Melville, um, "What if we made a national elite college league?" And he said, "Yeah, well, we were thinking about it." He said, "But he said, who would you put in it?" And I started to list names, and I got up, I got to about six teams and he said, okay, who, you know, you really need eight and you can't do any more than that. You need to have all the very best. I said, okay, well, I guess it would be really difficult to find those other two because I, I know that there would be two, four, eight, 16 teams that would want that spot. And he goes, yeah, it would be very difficult, but you need, it really need to keep it small. And then what happened is they started it and it was 31 teams. So it's like, completely against the whole vision in Nigel Melville, who, who understood that and said it should be limited to the very, very best. If you're going to have a thing, limit it to the very, very best. And then he didn't do it because one of the things Nigel Melville does is if a bunch of people get all upset about something, he kind of washes his hands and says, well, it's not my problem. Um, it's you guys also, I mean, but it, in terms of actually pulling it off. I mean, how many of these teams could actually managed to fly cross country or to a completely different place three or four times in the regular season and then do it two or three or four times in the postseason. I mean, it, it was only viable if you could play somewhat regional competition. That's been the biggest problem or the biggest complaint from D1A from the jump is even though they put in so many teams so it could be regional, it still wasn't quite regional enough in a lot of different places. So the cost issue and the travel issue is the reason it had 30-some-odd players, not because... Nigel folded under pressure. That's no, my own personal opinion. Well, no, the, 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 Nigel, Nigel folded under. Uh, he did fold under pressure. That was the pressure. But the other, the other aspect of it is financial. You had to have something that paid for a national, a national competition that had people traveling around. If you didn't have something at least somewhat paying for it, then it wasn't going to be viable. So instead, what we had was a 31-team competition where, again, you can go back and you can say, hey, you know, uh, we're, we're in the college premier division. We're in D1A. We're one of the top 20-something or 30-something, whatever teams is, uh, teams in the country. You can be the worst team in college rugby. But if you've been accepted, especially if your conference has been accepted into that, suddenly you can strut around and say that you're a certain level. So it it... it what it does is encourages teams to lie about, not lie, but it encourages teams to be uh, disingenuous to themselves about the quality of rugby, rugby they're putting out. And it has undercut the entire idea, which was, as both of you said, Cal and BYU and Arkansas State and Life and, uh, you know, Central Washington and, you know, maybe a couple of others that are that are out there that, that are 
we're feeling pretty good about cuts down, cuts down on something like that. Those guys playing each other in a in a season that means something. St. Mary's, of course, um, that that is the very best against the very best, and we can feel like somehow we're accomplishing something on a on a rugby quality level. It's not happening. And here's the one kind of shining light, right, that I think that has a possibility of doing this right. If they have the wherewithal, if they don't argue too much and the mini blood-sucking creature, if that they don't have that issue like Bruce just talked about, I think the ACRC can do something really great if it doesn't get in its own way. Because the ACRC, independent of USA Rugby, is making its own decisions and it make, it's making things happen. So uh, whereas some of these problems that popped up along the way would have been major catastrophes that would have been handled over the course of weeks through USA Rugby's political system. They were managed over the course of a day or two, even though some of these problems that we're talking about with the postseason. But the ACRC, all right, what I want to see them do as a person who's a fan of college rugby is do this again next year, fold in more conferences, right? Fold in the South Independent, fold in the, the, the SEC, fold in Ivy League, try to get them on board, fold in more teams, build out the competition a little bit larger, and you're really going to see some competitions like the Mid-South foster phenomenal college rugby in terms of all the teams that are involved in it. So now all of a sudden, yes, Cal, BYU, and the Varsity Cup teams are going to do their Varsity Cup thing. But if the ACRC gets built up with the Kutztowns, the Penn States, if Army comes back and, and, and it participates in it, then you're talking about Davenport varsity program, uh, Arkansas State semi-varsity program, um, Life varsity program, AIC varsity program, Wheeling Jesuit varsity program. Notre Dame College moves up from Division Two and, and blossoms and becomes a, a high-level Division One varsity program. You've got all this great rugby that's – better than anything was 10 years ago outside of those top three or four schools, all playing each other in something that's allowing each other to, to actually get better and, and get really good competition. I think that Clemson, that Clemson match that we saw against Penn state is a great argument for why the conference should continue. One of the, or the, the ACRC should continue. One of the threats of it is right. Is, you know, this is, you know, talking to Pat Kane, who I did the ACRC championship with, the webcast with, you know, he's the commissioner of the ACRL. And what is the, what do teams from the ACRL gain um, in, in going to a playoff game and losing to, to some of these other teams, right? What does Wake Forest gain by being in the same potentially postseason with Army or Penn State? Uh, and my rebuttal would be Wake Forest, if it's good enough to beat Clemson or Maryland, which are two programs that can play against an army or a Navy or a Penn state and not embarrass themselves. Well, then they should be at a level to do the same thing. But in the meantime, it doesn't hurt wake Forest to continue to play the ACRL. And if the ACRL champion is going to go on to the ACRC playoffs and play some of those top level teams, because the wake Forest isn't going to have to play any of those teams. So that's kind of an argument that's in a tussle that's being had right now at the ACRC. But how great would it be, and I granted it's only half the country and it's not the ideal thing we're looking for, if all those teams I just mentioned were able to play towards a national championship and everybody through their conference had a chance to get into that championship and call the championship whatever it is, it'll stay the ACRC. That's I think we've solved a lot of the problems for one half of the country. You've got your valuable conferences, championships you can have, and you've got 
postseason games where potentially teams are getting really competitive games. The problem is some teams want to go to a bowl system. The, some of the big name colleges only want to play big name colleges. Some of the, the the big name colleges who don't have a ton of non Americans on their team or foreign students don't want to play other foreign students, and that's that's a big issue. And to me, that's a petty issue. I don't know where you guys fall on that line. You, you're completely right in that that is a petty issue. What the ACRC did, we, let's call it a spade a spade. They addressed the seasonality issue. Right, we and, we had and, we had Rich Polidal and Dave sitting on this show a while ago talking about uh, partly that issue, and that was been a long thing that that Army had been talking about, which was it, it, it's, what's going to what's going to happen, and and they took the bull by the horns, right? They just they just did it. It wasn't it wasn't only Army; it was it was everybody, and and the fact is that they uh, they did take the bull by the horns, and they're going to grow a good competition, and and the first year of it. It has been nothing but successful. I mean, it may not have been ideal, but it's been very successful. And I think that's great. And and competition is good. And, and I think that, hey, look, we're not talking about flying people around for a national championship is, is crazy. I mean, the national championship really is competed by Cal, BYU, Life, Arkansas State, St. Mary's, and possibly somebody who caught lightning in a bottle. But that's it. Currently, but in five years. Well, no, currently, currently, currently. That's in three or four currently. years. Tell me. In another this. four years, Pat, we're talking about 10 other teams. You're totally correct. Right. Maybe 15 other teams. I get it. Right now, that's the case. So but doing do this. Let me, and I only allow you guys to get, get there. there. Do we get to what we were just talking about? If those teams that are those possible up and comers don't get to play, the Cows, the Lice, the BYUs, well, do we get? I there? think that I think that the difficulty is that there is a there's a, a wide gap, re, regardless of whether or not anyone wants to think that there is. There is a very wide gap between the elite, the Life, Arkansas State, Cal. BYU, St. Mary's, and the rest of the crop. That doesn't mean that, hey, there was a wide gap between St. Cal and BYU. That closed. There was a wide gap between Cal and St. Mary's. That closed. There was a wide gap between St. Mary's and Life. That closed. You know, I mean, all those gaps closed and closed relatively quickly. If we can get other programs to close those gaps, and th that these competitions are going to be the thing that does it. Flying... Spending $35,000 to fly a bunch of people out and to California and play some games isn't the way to do it. That's, that's a one-off hit. Grow in trend, in, internally, and that's what they're doing. Hey, play Army. And if you could beat Army or Penn State, then you might be ready to think about taking a tour or Kutztown or whoever. But like, but first beat them. And when you can beat them, then you know, okay, maybe we do this. And and you could see the games on TV. You kind of know what you got to do. It's not a secret. But I think the ACRC, I, I think that the greatest thing has been that people are taking the bull by the horns to do what's right for themselves and not looking for Big Brother 
to tell them exactly what to do. They already know the emperor has no clothes. They pay their dues and just tell them to leave them alone. And it's good. That's what the Varsity Cup is. That's what the ACRC is. And in reality, that kind of is what Division 1A is, too. Division 1A just has a sanction of USA Rugby. But they do their own thing. You know, they just... All right, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to be right back. We have a break uh, here on Rugged Matrix America. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots... Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. We're back on Rugby Matrix America, and I just wanted to, I, we're, we're going to wrap this up pretty pretty quickly, but there are a couple of things about all of those points, and I, and I think, Bruce, you, you hit one of the nails on the head, which was the idea that instead of just calling up a rugby magazine and saying, why doesn't USA Rugby change something in USA Rugby? can often be like a barge, turning a barge around uh, in the middle of a tight canal, and you just you just can't do it. They went out and they did it themselves. And I think the ACRC is is clearly what that is. And that's Pat. What that's what you said about it is that they they can they can make a movement. We're going to play 15s in the fall, and we're going to finish 15s in the fall. Um, I, I think it'll spell uh, some major changes, ideally for USA Rugby's efforts with uh, College Sevens, which. Uh, have been a bit ham-handed, um, and and D1A. You're you're right, Bruce. They've got. I mean, Kevin Battle runs D1A. He's not officially a, a, a USA Rugby employee. He's he's running D1A on on a separate, sort of on a separate track. So in the end, maybe we back at Rugby Magazine or other places stop calling these national championships and just calling them division championships, and accept that teams play when and where they want to play. Uh, we're also seeing this on the women's side, by the way, because we're, we're, we're seeing uh, the, the ACRA final at the, in, at the end of the fall for the women. We're even seeing this on USA Rugby's side because USA Rugby held their Division II National Championship in the fall. Uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of a, a little bit on the down low. Because their but, hand was forced again. Yes, but their hand was forced. And so they said, all right, all right, all right, all right, we'll do it. But it, it is, I guess we're still in the middle of changing, and I think uh, that, that's the case. But I, I think in the end, fans want to see the best teams play the best teams at some point. There's a, there's a whole thing about bragging rights. There's a whole thing about are we creating um, good players. And I would, I would take some issue, Bruce, with your comment about where we're getting the players and whether they're coming from college. And I, I, I think we can point to a few more people few more players who have done well um, on the national team stage who have played in college. But I think the other side of that is that most of those guys have been through the high school All-American age grade program. And then you talk about Cam Dolan, uh, Eric Fry, Brett Thompson, those kinds of guys. And, and, and your, your point to Todd Clever as well. Um, and certainly Scott Lavalla, who went to college in Ireland. Um, those guys are being developed by our age grade program. And I think that that's going to be the subject of another show, which exactly. is where we were going to go with that is it, the, the reason for my statement was that Nigel said age grade doesn't matter 
college rugby matters. But the guys who are performing on the Eagles are actually guys who went through the age grade and didn't get their development through college. That's my point. Right. Leave it and, Okay. <clears throat> In the end, though, can we, can we come to some kind of C-level where the best players are playing or the best programs are playing against each other on a relatively predictable, regular level? At the moment, we're not there. At the moment, it, it might turn out to be great. It might. But at the moment, it's still kind of a mess. And and USA Rugby still has a role to play in this if perhaps they back away for a little bit, look at some of the things they've been doing, and acknowledge some of the things they've done wrong. Uh, and I would point to their uh, how they've handled the, the College Sevens, for one thing. And I would, I would point to how they've handled uh, what was supposed to be a premier division of college and ended up just being half of division one without really any definition as to why a team would be D one a and D one double a the top teams are always willing to play each other and the top teams do search out competition from my experience. They do actively search out each other to play affordability comes into it, but for the most part, they search each other out to play. Whether or not it leads to a quote-unquote national championship, how important is that? I would be more inclined to say how important is the national championship as opposed to what's the purpose of college rugby. There is an intrinsic purpose, but national championship, by leading everything to that, is what's causing all the problems. That'll wrap it up for this issue of Rugged Matrix America. We want to thank you for listening and wish you all a healthy and happy new year. Do not forget to check out Rugged Matrix America and the Rugged Matrix International Show on RuggedMatrix.com. You can also check out Rugged Matrix America on RugbyMag.com. Uh, the very soon to be revamped RugbyMag.com. Excited about that. Check out the Rugby Magazine app for your to get the magazine on your tablet in your uh, tablets uh, app store and we will see you next time on Rugged Matrix America. <laughs>